At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one, with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non toxic, non flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. So I'm just down off the roof, came down the ladder, about a 50 foot building, and you can hear probably an echo in the background. I'm in a sprinkler room. It's kind of an open room with cinder block walls and whatnot. Uh, it's been really, really busy this summer, and it's been kind of hard to do podcasts from home because I'm bagged when I get home, and by the time 8, 30, 9 o'clock rolls around, that's it for me. I'm, I'm pretty much done. So I'm doing these podcasts straight from the field, a lot of them, and the last few interviews I've done have also been from the field during my break or lunch or whatever. So we have a, a pretty cool podcast coming up, actually a fantastic one. We got Brian Dale from Dan Foss coming on the podcast, and he's going to go through some interesting things that Dan Foss has to offer to the industry, two of them being apps. And if you haven't tried them, you got to go out and check these apps out because they're very cool. One being the Dan Foss magnetic tool. You're going to hear more about that in the podcast, but basically you can use your phone to uh, detect magnetic fields of solenoid valves, contactors, etc. Okay. The other one we're going to talk about is the TXV super heat tuner app and within 15 minutes if you plug in some information you can have basically the superheat you need and how many turns of the tx valve it's going to send you in what direction it's very cool it's uh there's a lot of different txvs manufacturers um, that they've listed in the app so it's not just dan foss txvs it's a whole bunch of them but you're gonna hear brian talk about that more and then we're also going to touch on the dan foss learning they have many modules available online that are for free you got to sign up and and you take these modules and you learn for free i mean you you can't beat that the other thing we're going to touch on briefly at the end is one of my favorite apps out there of all time and that's the dan foss refrigerant slider okay it's uh it's a very cool slider and it's a very good tool if you're diagnosing troubleshooting and you need to reference a PT chart right in your phone. Very easy to use. But guys, Brian's coming up. This is the HVAC Not All Podcast and I'm your host, Gary McCready. If you listen to the micro podcast I put out just a few days back, we touched on nitrogen brazing, why we do it, why it's important. And the reason I bring that up is because True Tech Tools on their website, they get a bunch of nitrogen flow regs for purging while you braze. Now, they also have one that's it looks pretty cool to me. It's an ASCO. It's a nitrogen reg, and it's a flow meter as well. So it's a two-in-one type tool. That one's on sale right now. And what I did was I just went to truetechtools.com. I typed in nitrogen, and all of their regs popped up. Okay, on one screen, you just scroll and check them out. Also, remember that you save 8% with promo code KNOWITALL. Also, guys, a shout-out to the Pastorello family in Anaheim, California. If you don't know who the Pastorellos are, John Pastorello is the, uh, the CEO of Refrigeration Technologies, Chemist and Tech. Okay, a shout-out for all they do for the industry with their products. 
Nylog, Big Blue, Wet Rag, Viper, Pan and Drain Treatment. There's so many. And developed by an HVAC technician and chemist. That's what John is. So shout out to Refrigeration Technologies and their badass products. Let's get on with the podcast. Hey, Brian, how's it going today? It's going great. Okay. Yeah, and, I think we do. <laughs> good, good. And uh, I'm, I'm all for fully disclosing information. This is our second try at this because we had some distortion in the background, but that's all good. We sound a lot better now. So let, let's jump into the conversation again. I, I did ask you um, how the weather is where you're at and, and the humidity because you're around the Great Lakes just, just like I am. Where, where are you? You're in Ann Arbor, Michigan, you said, right? That's right. Yep. Ann Arbor. Awesome. So because HVAC techs are listening, we, we like to talk about temperature and humidity. because It, it directly relates to, <laughs> oh, yeah. it dec- directly relates to, to our business. So uh, where I am up in Toronto, like, like we got lakes all, all around us and, and stuff like that, the freshwater lake. So it's, it's kind of the same for you. You got some of that high humidity in the summer, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's uh, fortunately it's the Midwest, so the temperatures most weeks aren't all that high, so it keeps the humidity from feeling too oppressive. But uh, definitely, uh, definitely uh, a lot of um, water runoff from the uh, uh, evaporator in my uh, my home HVAC system. Well, I, I know the humidity is is pretty high up here, just because the amount of clogged drain calls we get during the summer is is quite substantial. Like we could have two, three weeks of constant clogged drain calls. So, and that, that's, that's due to the, the high humidity and the, the, the water condensing off the evaporators and going down the drain. But anyway, we got some, we got a cool conversation to have regarding some tools that, that Dan Foss has as far as uh, app wise, like on your phone, mobile devices. But before we, we get into that, maybe we should get sort of an introduction of yourself and what you do for Dan Foss. Sure. Uh, I work as a application engineer for Danfoss, and um, I mean, there's a lot of different companies that have that title for a job. But what it means for Danfoss uh, is that I have to work with our OEM customers to get our uh, different components and products uh, approved on their units. And uh, you know, for Danfoss, we make a variety of different things. But there's compressors, there's heat exchangers. There's valves, there's controllers, filter dryers, uh, and, and on and on, sensors. There, there, there's, a, there's a bunch of different products we make. And uh, I work with the OEMs, whether it's um, some of the big air conditioning OEMs that you're seeing uh, you know, everywhere on rooftops uh, to some of the um, more, more niche-type uh, customers and uh, work with refrigeration, whether it's uh, ice machines or, or large supermarket racks. So... Um, that's, that's generally who I spend most of my time talking with is the, the, the OEM customers. That, that's pretty cool. So you, you get to talk to lots of people on a regular basis. So I, I'm sure things don't get boring for you very quickly because you're, you're always talking to different people and constantly uh, helping them in different ways. So like, what is, what is the process of getting uh, products approved to go into an OEM machine? Yeah, so that, that can work a couple different ways. Um, so um, sometimes you're, you're working to uh, get your component in on an existing unit that uh, a customer is already building, and um, in which case um, you have to 
to, to figure out, well, if we put in a, a new component, how is that going to uh, affect the system? A, uh, an easy example would be uh, uh, someone going from a tube and fin uh, condenser to a microchannel condenser, uh, something you guys have probably seen a lot over the years. Oh, yeah. And uh, when you that change, um, it, it's going to affect things. You know, it's going to change the um, refrigerant volume. It's going to potentially change the static pressure drop from your fan. So uh, initially, you, you kind of work up some simulations, run some calculations, and try and get a good idea of what those changes are going to be. So that way, the, um, the, the customer, being the uh, OEM customer I'm working with, understands how that's going to impact them. And then they can make a decision, okay, uh, do we have the, the time and the ability to, to do the testing and to um, uh, make these changes, uh, whether it's changing the amount of charge they add into the system, uh, changing their fan selection, um, that's the first part. And then uh, assuming they approve it, then we have to um, stay involved as they go through testing to validate that this uh, changing component is going to um, allow their system to perform up to what they're expecting. And uh, sometimes it even involves uh, re-rating it where uh, you know, they have to republish catalog data with uh, different efficiencies. And uh, you know, we kind of work with them through that whole process to make sure that it, that, that it works uh, smoothly. That's, that's cool. That's cool. That, that's, that's a pretty good job you got there. So, um, getting on to the meat and potatoes of, of the, the podcast, we want to talk about some of the apps, uh, a couple in sure. particular. And, and the first one we're going to start with is the Danfoss magnetic tool. So give us a breakdown on what it is and what we use it for. Yeah. So the, the Danfoss magnetic tool is a way to see if a uh, solenoid is working. Uh, I guess maybe um, a better, a more finer point to put on it is it's a way to see if the coil is powered. And uh, it's a app. Um, you can download it through um, whatever app it is that you use to download apps onto your phone. Uh, I'm an iPhone guy, so I go into the um, iTunes store. Uh, it's a free app, and uh, you download it there. Uh, and when you open it up, um, you um, press a button to turn it on, and then you hold it near a coil, and it reads whether or not there's a magnetic field being generated by that coil. So it's a, it's a, it's a good troubleshooting device that allows you, when you go out to a job site, you see a solenoid, hmm, okay, is it open or is it closed? Um, you can easily do that just to see if it's, if it's receiving any power. Gotcha. So we can use this also for checking rotation of pumps too, right? Um, well, I know it's going to register something. I have not used it on a pump to see what, what it's going to say. Um, I guess, um, there's, there's other tools I've seen out there where it's a, a more mechanical version, almost looks like a compass. You can hold it over a, a solenoid and it would spin. Um, so that we're kind of uh, mimicking that with this app. Uh, is that something you've been able to use some of those, uh, um, smaller, more um, manual tools, I'll call them, uh, testing tools to you on? I, I've, I had, I've never owned one of those little mechanical ones. I've seen uh, some of the texts come out of suppliers with them on a keychain. I'm like, hey, that's cool. And that was a couple of years ago. And then, then we, I, I came across the Danfoss app. And I've actually seen YouTube videos of, of technicians using them on smaller uh, concealed pumps where you can't see the impeller. You can't see anything. And, and actually checking the rotation of the pump. So I, th- I thought that was very cool. I've actually used them for contactor coils too. I've put them up to a contactor coil and, and I've gotten, I, I've gotten a, uh, a reading from it. But, and the other thing I wanted to ask you, there's a little sensitivity slider on it. So 
how, mm-hmm. how, how do we implement that into, into checking? Like, let's, for example, let's stick with the solenoid valve, um, troubleshooting test. Sure. So, um, there's a, a sensitivity to it because it's, uh, it's picking up a magnetic field and, uh, the magnetic fields are uh, going to be stronger the closer you get to it. So, um, it, it's, if you're not able to get, uh, as close to it, you can make it more sensitive to help you, uh, indicate, um, whether or not it can be, um, it can be, uh, detected. Um, I guess what you're probably looking for is, you know, what is, what is a good number to use? And that's something that's, uh, um, something I'm not totally sure. I mean, you should stick with these standard settings. That'll work with a, uh, a standard coil. But um, I think if you're going to be going to work with a, a contactor or maybe a pump, those are going to produce different uh, strength magnetic fields, and uh, that's where you might want to change that sensitivity because then um, it'll allow you to, to more easily pick up if there's a, uh, a maybe more mild magnetic field because uh, some of those components, they start generating uh, the same size magnetic field as the coil. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I actually had a, a thought of how you could use that sensitivity to – create a baseline and then troubleshoot a magnetic field of a solenoid coil. Like let's say you put a brand new solenoid coil in and you use the sure. tool and it's at sen- sensitivity. Like let's say it's at two. Let's just, for example, um, and okay. you check it, it's good. So you go back at sensitivity two. Hmm, I'm not picking any, I'm, I'm not, it's, it's, it seems to be wonky. Then I got to put it up to three to get, to get it to, to register. And then the next time I go back, let's say this is every year or so, then I got to put it to four to get it to register. It's it's almost like a tool to see if the magnetic field is starting to decrease over time. What do you think about that? That that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I would think, uh, yeah, you might see it uh, actually start to go up. Maybe if uh, you know you have a, a dirty system and uh, if it's a solenoid, the uh, the internal parts are starting to get gummed up. So uh, every time. Uh, go to raise that solenoid it takes a little bit more juice you're pulling a little bit more power and uh as a result you're uh having creating a larger magnetic field and that might be an indication that uh, as you start to draw more and more power you might get to a point where uh one of these days that solenoid's gonna uh, get fired up by the controller and it's gonna draw too much power and it's gonna burn out and have a dead solenoid on it mm-hmm. so that that that's something that'd be interesting to monitor you kind of could uh, pay attention to it I probably have to be careful that you're always measuring from the same distance. Yes, but, uh, right. yeah, that might that I, that that makes sense as something to to monitor, especially if it's a, a critical job where it's a, a solenoid. If it were to, to fail, it would uh, create a lot, a lot of problems. Yeah, yeah, you, you definitely have to create a baseline when it was brand new, and then slide it up or down every mm-hmm. time you go back, just to just to see and and play with it to get a feel. So it's just just an idea I had as, as to use that that sensitivity. So so that that app there, I mean. Like you said, you can download it from the uh, the, the <laughs> I always forget what the iPhone store is called, but because I use the Play Store, the Google Play Store, but the uh, the App Store gotcha. for, for iPhone, right? So, um, so the next one we go on to is the TXV Superheat Tuner app, which is another cool one. So how how does that one work? Okay, so there's the TXV Tuner app, and uh, the goal for this is for you to, to try and save you time when you're setting the superheat with an adjustable TXV. So um, I'm guessing this is going to be most useful for guys to do uh, refrigeration jobs. 
uh, just seems like you have to do a lot more uh, field adjusting of uh, superheat with a, a walk-in box compared to, well, definitely compared to a residential system where you probably can't even adjust it out. And then um, you know, usually commercial system, commercial AC systems oftentimes it's set at the factory and you don't need to touch it when it's on the, out in the field. But, um, you know, a lot of times with uh, a walk-in box, you don't have to field adjust that TXV. Or if it's a, uh, you know, it's an older system where uh, something's happened, uh, capillary tubes uh, uh, rubbed through, uh, it's out of warranty, um, you know, you might have to use a generic TXV and then uh, try and dial it in to get a proper function on, a, on an older system to keep it running for a, a customer that doesn't want to replace. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the way that it works is, uh, you open up the app you know, after you download it from your uh, your favorite uh, app downloading website, and uh, you go in, and the first thing you have to choose is you have to choose a application uh, room slash temperature. Um, so what that what we're referring to there is your set point. So if it's air conditioning, um, you're going to be picking you know whatever you want that that air set point to uh, to be. So if you know if you want your supply air to be at sixty. That's what you would, uh, would set it at. Um, and uh, if it's a, a walk-in box, you're going to set it at what that, that box's temperature is supposed to be. So if it's a, kind of a standard walk-in cooler, it's going to be 40 degrees. Um, so you, you set the, uh, the desired temperature there. And then uh, the next thing you have to check is uh, the TXV type. And um, it is a Danfoss app, but we also list um, brands of other TXVs you can um, – Set a Sporlin uh, TXV or an Emerson TXV using this app as well. Yeah, that's uh, cool. That, that, I, I, I used it a few months back, and, and I noticed that uh, that you had all the different manufacturers of TX valves in there. So that that was very handy to have. Yeah, yeah. So um, even if uh, you, you find yourself using uh, one brand or another, it's still a, a good tool to uh, uh, to have. And um, when you get into it. Um, Select the manufacturer, and then you also have to select the the model of expansion valve because uh, there's there's a lot of different varieties out there, uh, different tonnages, and uh, different uh, different springs that are inside the valve. So uh, when you turn that adjustment stem, it takes um, it makes different changes to or take, it makes a different amount of change per per turn with different models that exist out there. So once you've gone through and selected a a valve type. Uh, you then have to select your refrigerant um, because obviously that's going to affect what you're um, what you're doing. And then um, from there, you set a. Um, um, from there, you then go on to set what your current uh, evaporator pressure is, and um, it also could be the same as your saturated suction temperature. You can set it in either unit. You either put it in a temperature or pressure. Mm-hmm. And then um, you then uh, put in your um, evaporator suction outlet temperature. So uh, what it then does for you is it calculates superheat based on those two inputs, and then it uh, creates a recommended superheat for you. And um, based on different applications, you know you need different levels of superheat. Um, generally, in air conditioning, uh, there is higher superheats, and the reason for that is you generally have a larger split in temperature from your air to your evaporator coil temperature, so you can pick up more superheat in those coils, mm-hmm. whereas in uh, low-temperature uh, applications, the lower you get, the, the lower the difference is between your air temperature and your coil temperature, 
So it gets harder to pick up more superheat in those applications. So as a result, you have to go with uh, lower superheats. And um, also, the, generally, the refrigerant velocities through the evaporator are slower, so you're able to tolerate um, uh, lower superheats because there's not as much risk of, uh, of flooding with a lower superheat in those low-temperature systems. Gotcha. So, uh, so it comes up uh, a recommended superheat, and then um, it tells you a certain number of turns to get to where you need to be. Uh, so it'll say, okay, um, turn the valve open 1.5 turns. And uh, the hope there is uh, this will make it so that you don't have to go through the iterative process of adjusting it, then waiting 15 minutes, coming back and adjusting again. You can uh, adjust it once, verify that it got you to where you need to be, and then hopefully you can be done so you can get on to the next job. Yeah, and, and obviously – for anybody that's listening, they need to make sure everything else is fine with the machine. Like you can't have a dirty coil or a dead fan motor and expect to adjust it. And we're going to get what we want. Everything needs, everything else needs to be in line, like clean coils, fan motors running correctly. Uh, make sure the compressor and any unloaders are running properly uh, before we go ahead and say, Hey, uh, let's adjust the, let's adjust our TX valve using the app. You agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that should be one of the last things that you, that you do before you, you finish that job up. Um, yeah. The one thing you didn't mention too is subcooling. That, that can be really critical. You need to make sure that that, uh, subcooling is, is charged up, uh, correctly. Um, so, uh, one other thing I guess I should uh, mention is, you know, uh, we have this tool for you, uh, in lieu of, uh, following a, you know, a manufacturer's instruction. You know, um, when you get uh, a new piece of equipment, there's a good chance the um, OEM might be telling you, "Hey, set this uh, set this valve to to nine degrees of superheat, or set the valve to twelve degrees of superheat." And you do want to follow what those manufacturers say before the uh, recommendations that we give in our app, just because the the OEM uh, tested and designed their unit around certain certain values. So if, if they make that available to you, they tell you what it should be set to. Set it to that as opposed to what we uh, give as a recommended superheat. That's, that's, but uh, hopefully that's, that's we'll end up really being pretty point. close together. That, that's a really good point that, that you brought up. And the other thing I I thought was pretty cool is I was reading about the app. It's like takes 15 minutes. And I'm like, wow, like 15 minutes. So I, I tried it. I was working on a uh, a CompuAire unit was in a server room and, and had a Sporlin TXV. Gotcha. And, and I went through all the steps. And it actually did. It took like 15 minutes or less to actually uh, enter in all the information and get get what I needed out of the app and adjust the TX valve and and watch watch it do its magic. <laughs> it was great. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it worked out for you. That, that's, the, that, that's the ideal situation there. You know, we want you to adjust it once and be able to, to walk away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So as far as that app itself, is there anything else that, that we should know about it before we, we use it for the first time? Um, I, I think I pretty much, uh, covered it, covered it all. Um, yeah, uh, I guess, uh, one of the things, uh, I should make sure of when you, uh, adjust the valve, uh, you do need to wait for it to settle out because, um, it generally takes, uh, several minutes for the, um, system to settle out. The, um, the app's going to recommend, uh, five minutes, you know, wait, wait for five minutes before you measure, uh, superheat again to make sure to, to verify that it, it's, it's at superheat it needs to be at. 
you might need to wait more like 10 or 15 minutes depending on the system. Um, and uh, I guess if you're finding it's a, a system that's uh, cycling uh, a lot, uh, let's say uh, generally uh, when it fires up and turns on, it only runs for 10 minutes before it cycles off. Then, uh, when you take that superheat measurement, you want to be taking it uh, right before the unit cycles off. If you got something that's maybe cycling every ten minutes or so. Yeah, that's that's a really good point, and and I think that a lot of techs don't have the patience to wait. They adjust it in like a minute later. Oh, it's not working. Well, yeah, the like you said, a good fifteen minutes, and depending on the size of the system, if it's a big system, I mean, let, let's say you have a, a high rise building, you got a condensing unit on a roof, and uh, six stories down, you have the evaporator. I mean, that could take that could take half an hour before it starts to work properly just because of the, the, the amount of the rise uh, that the piping has, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it could definitely take a while. Uh, it's one of those things that's tough to say for certain, but, uh, you know, you have to keep watching it. And, uh, uh, yeah, it, it definitely could take a lot longer for yeah. a system like that because there's a lot more pipe, a lot more refrigerant, and it takes longer for it to work its way through the system. So the moral of the story is be patient. <laughs> <laughs> be, be patient with yes. the equipment before you you uh, you go on to the next step or or make a wrong um, assumption of, of of what's happening. Okay, so that's that's those two apps and very cool. I've tried them both and I have them both on my phone. So what about Dan Foss Learning? I will tell you that I have posted a couple of different courses, uh, the links to them online like on uh, social media and i've noticed there's been a lot of uh interest and a lot of uh you, you know you go on facebook and you can get the the analytics from how many people clicked on a post that you that you or sorry clicked on a link that you posted and a lot of people were clicking on on the dan foss learning uh links just because a lot of them are are all of them free or or some of them free you want to talk about that for a bit yeah, so um, Dan Foss, we've got uh, online some some courses uh, that you can take to educate yourself on TX valves, uh, basic refrigeration, uh, many other things, compressors, uh, all sorts of different uh, items that we manufacture, and uh, they they are free. I'm not aware of any that we uh, that we charge for. Uh, you do have to register. You know, you clear the password and uh, everything, give your email address. But uh, there's no um, there's no fee to, to use them. That's fabulous. And uh, yeah, you just get on get online to the website, and uh, there's, there's a variety of topics you can you can learn on. If you need a if you're if you're new to the industry, uh, it's a great way to learn. Uh, if you've been in it for a while and uh, are looking for a refresher, just hoping to, to get a different perspective on uh, on on different things, uh, I think it's a good way to to learn. So let me get a handle on this for myself and anyone listening. Can you like? throw your tablet on before you go to bed and, and do like a half an hour course, or do you have to be out in the field kind of beside of equipment to do this? No, I think they're, they're pretty well. So yeah, uh, you can, you can uh, run it before you go to bed and, uh, mostly, um, um, just watch. And, uh, oftentimes there'll be certain little uh, questions to make sure you, uh, you got the right stuff out of the, the training where you'll, you'll have to click an answer. But uh, yeah, mostly you can uh, just have it uh, running, uh, yeah, at home uh, before you go to bed. Uh, if you're working in an office and you've got um, you know a little bit of time, uh, maybe you can even uh, watch part of a course while you're waiting for that TXV to settle down uh, in a uh, <laughs> yeah. in job. Exactly. So yeah, it's all about. And I'm glad you said if you've been in the field for a while and you want a refresher because the amount of stuff you forget 
I mean, I, I've, I've been in the field now for just over 20 years and I'll come across something and go, man, I, f- I forgot all about that. I learned that 10 years ago and, and I haven't done it since, but I forgot it. But then when you, you, you see it and it comes back, uh, to you, it kind of clicks again. So getting a refresher and continuing education, I, th- I think is very important for sure. And, and, and like you said, you're either in the trade for a while, you get a refresher or you're brand new and it's going to benefit you either way. Right. Awesome. Cool. So is there anything else you want to throw at us that that's coming out of Dan Foss or, or do you think we, we pretty much got our topics nailed down? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, th- th- those are the things, uh, I was hoping to tell you about from uh, a digital standpoint, what we're releasing. Uh, that's a big push, uh, by Dan Foss right now to get, uh, all of our information online, easy to access, easy to find. Um, so, um, that, that, that's, that's where the world's going and, uh, we're, we're going there with them. Um, so yeah, I guess that's, that, that was, that was the main things. And, and, and I will throw this in there. Uh, the Dan Foss refrigerant slider app is probably the best, uh, PT chart I've ever seen. It, it's incredible. It's, it's very easy to use. It's, it's, uh, when, when you slide it, I don't know. It, it, I, I don't have any, um, so I've got an, uh, an iPod at home and it almost seems like it's got the same sort of function as, as like Apple. You know what I mean? When you're sliding it up and down, it's got that really cool slider effect to it. And, and I really enjoy using that app too. Just to throw that in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, for, I forgot about that one, but that's what I use when I need to uh, look up pressure-temperature relationships uh, when I'm on the, on the phone with someone. So, yeah, I, it's, a, it's a great app as well. Um, and what I like about it compared to just using the paper chart is you can type in a pressure and it'll convert it to the exact saturated temperature that it corresponds to. So I got to thank Brian for getting onto the podcast. Very cool conversation. Great guy. Some cool apps that we have to utilize out in the field. The magnetic tool app, the TXV super heat tuner app, and we talked about Dan Foss learning as well. We, we did touch briefly on the refrigerant slider app. Now, for some reason, I don't know why I thought this, but I thought there was a couple of uh, Dan Foss learning modules where you actually had to, to pay out for, but they're all free, so that's even better. You're a tech that's been in the game for a while, like we discussed. It's a good refresher. If you're new to the trade, you're green. It's good for a grassroots, it's good for the grassroots level to get in and learn some basic stuff. And as we discussed as well, we can do this on our free time, on our downtime, like before you go to bed pop your tablet open or your laptop and and just kind of go through it uh before you you hit the the sack at night so anyway that's the podcast guys hope you enjoyed it i'm out happy hvac